whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is the one-on-one show. My name is Dan Frost and tonight I've got a very special guest with me, Jamie Frezard. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. Jamie, we, uh, you know, one of our, I guess one of the most exciting projects that Mojo's been working on is really digging into into Women's Rugby League and um, going around the country and covering different competitions. But Along the way, we're meeting some amazing people and, um, you know, really looking forward to, you know, getting your story and, and others out there. Uh, Jamie, let's get straight into it because I guess the first question I've got for you is, let's let's take it all the way back. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your childhood, a little bit about your family, your schooling, and yeah, let, let, let's run it all the way back. Yeah, so um, I've grown up on the Central Coast, um, New South Wales. Um, I've grown up living with my mum. Um, my little sister, my little brother. I've got a niece that I live with as well. Um, and I do have an older brother as well, but he's currently living um, up in Queensland because he's in the army. So I don't get to see him as much um, at the moment, but yeah, I did grow up with him. Uh, my schooling career. Um, so I started off at Wyong High School. Um, before that was Wyong Public School. So same again on the Central Coast. Um, and then in year 10, I made the switch and I actually ended up going to Goeken High School. Um, where I finished my schooling there. So I went all the way to year 12, um, yeah, yeah. on the Central Coast. No, excellent. And I guess tell us a little bit about you as a kid growing up. Like was sport something that you were always interested in? Was there sort of athletics, other sports? Yeah, tell us a little bit about Oh, that. yeah, um, especially at school, I would absolutely sign up for every single sport possible. Um, sports being, I guess, what sort of got me through my life. Um, yeah, growing up, I played, yeah, like I said, pretty much any sport, but outside of school, my main sport was actually soccer. Um, so I played soccer for about 10 years. So yeah, that's where I guess it all kicked off. Um, and then throughout that, I sort of played, I was lucky enough to play for the Central Coast Mountains playing soccer. So at a quite young age, I think I was about 16. Um, and I was lucky enough to play in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, being a 16 year old girl playing top league in soccer was pretty amazing. Um, and then, yeah, in my last year of playing soccer, I actually, um, got the golden boot award in the premier league competition. So, Unbelievable. Wow. yeah, that was, yeah. So, um, I, I guess, yeah, let, let's, let's have a bit of a, let's have a bit of a, a dig into, I guess, some of those junior sporting clubs and, and how you sort of approach that. So, um, uh, for you, yeah, soccer was always your thing and, and yeah, how, how did you, I, I guess, how did you get involved with, with, uh, with these sports where we all your friends involved and yeah, you just, just went down to the local club. Yeah. Local club, Wong Emus, it was at the time. So I played for them, um, I think for about six, uh, seven, eight years before I went into the rep system. Uh, my older brother just played soccer and I guess just being around my older brother and being around the family, um, I just love to kick the ball around. So that was sort of the first. I don't think there was a lot of footy um, back then. So, yeah, soccer was sort of my go-to and I just sort of stuck with it. And how did you find sort of coming into, I guess, a semi-professional system in soccer at such a young age? That must have been a bit of a culture shock. Yeah, well, I was actually so grateful. So growing up, we sort of didn't come from a very, I guess, rich background. So for the first year, um, I got offered to play reps and we just couldn't afford it. Um, and then the next year they just kept asking me not to play and 
mum sort of saved all the pocket money up for me and um, got me into the rep system. So I was so fortunate and I think I was very grateful to be in that system. So I was a bit like a sponge at the time and just wanted to absolutely, you know, do mum proud but soak up everything I could um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us about you as a player. So what was your position and how would you best describe yourself as a, so- as a soccer player? Um, I was a striker, so I love to score the goals. Um, sort of similar to footy, I guess I finished, finished the try. So, um, yeah, I was a very quick forward. Um, so people would just honestly kick the ball through to me because of my speed. I would just run onto it and then pretty much get myself one-on-one with the keeper. But very good footwork, um, very agile, quick, sort of, like I said, similar to footy, I guess, in a way. But just ball at my feet, not in my hands. And was it something that you were sort of naturally – talented at or is it you know or was it something you really had to sort of work with what was yeah tell us a little bit about I guess the prep that went into yeah getting to that level at such a young age yeah um I think just because when I was young I just got myself involved in every single sport that I caught and I just um loved being outdoors I loved kicking the ball around I was just always willing to you know be at training and I enjoyed it as well so I think it wasn't like oh I've got to go to training I just loved being there so I think I soaked up a lot of that as well yeah, absolutely. All right, Jamie. And then eventually we stumble across this uh, this other weird and wonderful sport that we all love, uh, rugby league. Tell us a little bit about that journey. How, how did rugby league come to be for you? Yeah, so it actually started a little bit before that. So um, with, when I finished playing soccer, so my last year playing soccer, um, the year after that, I sort of, in between that, I sort of got into Oztag a little bit. Um, and absolutely loved playing Oztag, having the footy in my hands. It was just something that I hadn't really experienced before. Um, and then from that, when I was in school, I think it was year 10 at school, um, when I moved, my, one of my teachers got me playing um, rugby union. It was actually at the time. Um, and I was like, I don't really know how to play. And I was just this little skinny white girl that just caught the ball and pretty much would just run. Um, and then, yeah, my teacher pretty much just said to me one day, come trial for the Sydney North um, union team and I was like no way like I don't even know how to play a game um, but my teacher was really supportive she took me down to the trials and then um, pretty much from there I got picked up in the Sydney North team um, and going forward from that I then pretty much within six months got picked up in New South Wales and then within probably eight months got picked up in the um, Australian Youth Commonwealth game side so then I played for the Aussie Sevens um, in union so I did that for about two years went to the Commonwealth Games um, got myself a gold medal, stuck with that for about a year. Um, and then I just found the love, you know, obviously wow. for a footy. Yeah. And, and I guess if, if we take it back a little bit, so one of the things that we are seeing is the, um, I guess almost like a, a, a different pathways for whether it's rugby or rugby league in, in tag that you were sort of mentioning. Has that something that you've, you've sort of noticed as well? You know, obviously yourself, you, you played a little bit of it and you've, you've probably got, you know, quite a few peers that, that have done the same. There, there is a, there is a pretty significant, uh, I, I guess, link there, uh, you know, between playing tag and, and then moving through into rugby and, and rugby league. Definitely. I think it builds up um, all your basic skills. Um, like I said, growing up, I guess there's not really a lot of footy for girls. So you can play it up to the age of about 12. And then from that age gap, from it was about 12 to, you know, 18 or two, you got to a senior age, there wasn't any of that footy. So girls then went off to find other pathways. And yeah, I think a lot of the girls either went to touch um, or Oztag to build those skills up and then, eventually these other pathways started coming in for league and union where I think girls were like, they finally had the chance and then started moving forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. So at what point did you have to make the decision between soccer and, and I guess rugby at the time? When did that sort of 
come into place and, and how did you how did you weigh that up and make that decision? Um, I just had played soccer for so many years. Um, I guess that a new opportunity sort of arised for me. Um, and I just loved the feeling of, you know, something different, a bit of a change in my life. So it was actually a pretty easy decision. I just sort of was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I had a great year at soccer. I've been playing it for 10 years. I'm going to do something different. And um, yeah, just pretty much got into footy from there and didn't look back. Don't you love it? Like it's just, you know, all, all these opportunities that just present yourself, uh, present themselves and, you know, if you try and plan too far ahead in the future, sometimes it doesn't work out. And um, no, it's uh, it's great to see that. Yeah, just some of those smaller decisions and 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 where that's got uh, where that where you are now, I guess. So, talk us a little bit more about this rugby career because yeah, you mentioned obviously you got yourself to a point where um, you know you could compete at the Commonwealth Games. I mean that that's something that you know that that's something at the top of the CV for sure. What a, what a remarkable achievement! Tell us a little bit about sort of, yeah, the, the preparation and what sort of went into that, um, you know, as you went to sort of compete at that level? Yeah, so it was actually within about a year all this sort of happened with me sort of playing my first game of footy and then going to the Commonwealth Games. So as I said, got picked up at school level. Um, I went to the City North Tournament. Um, New South Wales coach sort of picked me up from there and um, he was like, the girls were like, oh, who do you play for outside of school? And I was like, oh, I don't play footy. <laughs> like, I don't play. And they were all sort of like amazed. So... Um, a few of the girls down in Sydney were like, well, come play for our team. So um, I went down and played for Maroubra Magic, um, was going down there, got picked up in the New South Wales side outside of school as well. Um, so I was travelling down to Sydney probably three days a week. This is as well as, you know, being in high school, trying to do your HSE and whatnot. So trying to balance that um, up as well. But, yeah, just a lot of training down to Sydney, a lot of commitment. Um, but same, I was just so interested and so willing to learn this new sport that I sort of just, I wasn't sort of planning to make any, you know, I didn't have these goals to make the Australian team and whatnot. I just sort of loved the training and, you know, just pushed myself as much as possible. And then once the opportunity come and they said, we're going to nationals, I was like, yes. Um, yeah, I got picked up at nationals and went to represent New South Wales and, um, got leading try score at nationals for New South Wales, and next minute I was in the Commonwealth Games side. So it was a pretty like quick process of all of it, but that I guess in- I just loved it. That, that's incredible. It's like it's a, it all happened too quick for you to have goals. You know what I mean? Like it was all happening so so rapidly. Um, tell us about the event itself. Like you know, representing you know representing your country. I mean that that that's just got a different ring to it, doesn't it? That's something pretty special. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I guess going to Samoa too, like seeing the different cultures over there um, and just all the different cultures and teams that reverse, like, oh, it was honestly the most amazing feeling. And then to finally put on that um, Australian jersey, um, yeah, something you can't really explain, I guess. Like, it's just the feeling that you get and being able to run on that field and represent just, yeah, your country, but also your family, your friends um, and yourself. Yeah, it's pretty unreal. And what about the result? How did you guys go? Yeah, we got a gold medal. So I'm lucky enough to have a gold medal um, sitting at home with me. Unbelievable. So, so tell us a little bit about the final. Obviously, you know, you, this has all happened so fast. But, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, because these pressure games, these are the ones that obviously when, when you retire many, many, many years from now, these are going to be some of the games that you sort of reflect on and think about. But, yeah, tell us a little bit about that particular clash and, uh, yeah, the gold medal match. Yeah, to be honest, it's a little bit of a blur. Like, it sort of just went so quick. Um, but I can just remember I was playing on the wing um, and I think I ended up scoring two tries that game. So I think I scored the last try and just that feeling of putting the ball down and just having your team sort of surround you. And 
um, be there. Like we still have photos and we're just all jumping over each other. So, oh yeah, I don't know. I can't really explain how that's good a... it really felt, but yeah, it was amazing. No, that's uh, that that's pretty special. All right, and and then talk to us about obviously you know the, the transition into rugby league. How did how did that sort of happen? Yeah, so it was actually um, Isabel Kelly. So there was a um, Berkeley Vale side um, on the Central Coast, and I sort of didn't know much about it that we even had a team. Um, and one day she showed we used to birth each other all the time in union at school. And then uh, one day she just hit me up and said, "Oh, come play for Berkeley Vale." And I just thought, "Yes, sweet, let's give this a go." Um, pretty much went down to my local club on the coast, started playing for Berkeley Vale. Um, and that's sort of where it all kicked off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess that that's a another common thing that we hear about is that there's just so much unknown about some of the junior pathways in rugby league. Like, obviously, that's changing and the profile's certainly building. But, um, yeah, just, just sort of knowing that, that these teams are out there and what that could potentially lead to. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about those early days playing. How did you find the transition? You know, obviously you went from from soccer through to rugby and then to rugby league. How did you find those early days learning the sport? Yeah, it was obviously really hard because I've never really passed the ball in my life, especially being in um, sevens as well. It was only seven aside, and I was on the wing, so I didn't really have to do a lot of passing. You know, the fair few here and there. Um, so I think the massive thing for me was just trying to get used to the, you know the passing, the ball skills of it. Um, so, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing for me. I think I always had the footwork, um, the agility from soccer and sevens. Um, but the hardest thing, I think, transitioning from sevens over to league is the more contact, especially in sevens, you hardly really get tackled. And if you do, it's not that hard out, you know, contact. So that was probably the biggest thing, um, changing from union to league. But um, I love the contact side of it, so I wasn't really complaining. Yeah, it's something that, uh, yeah, you either love or you don't and, um, you figured that out pretty, pretty well, pretty quickly. But um, and, and, I, and I guess tell us a little bit about what the next step was from there. You know, obviously playing at the local club. You know, getting familiar with the game, building your skills. What what sort of position did you play at the time, and and what was the next step from there? Um, I think I was in the centres or the wing. Um, at the time, I think it might have been maybe on the wing. Um, and then same. It was just pretty much catching the ball and scoring tries at the time. Um, I didn't know too much about the game, but I just like to get my hands on the ball and just run as hard and quick as I could. Um, but I was pretty lucky enough to get picked up in the New South Wales side um, as 18th man. Same again, probably within six months. So that first season I got picked up um, and I went up to Queensland with the New South Wales girls. And it was the first year. I didn't actually get to play as I was 18th man, but through the experience of, you know, being around that professional team, um, and it was the first year that they actually beat Queensland in however many years it was. So it was just an unreal experience to sort of, you know, be a part of that and get to know the girls um, in that sport. So, yeah. I, I guess there's a there's a point in everyone's career professionally when they're, you, you know, I guess there's always that level of uncertainty. You know, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to make it? Where's this sport going to take me? At what point in rugby league, because again, everything seems to be happening so quickly for you. At what point did you think, you know what, I think, I think I could, I think I can do this and I think I can be quite successful. Um, well, pretty much when I got picked up with the New South Wales team, I was like, well, this is pretty unreal. And I was, um, just from then onwards, because when I first played for Berkeley Vale, so again, I didn't really have any goals to, you know, go play for Gillaroos or go play for New South Wales. I was sort of just enjoying the transition to a new sport once again, um, I don't think it was until probably a year later where I really did start to go, you know what, like, I think I want to sort of, you know, stick this out and see where I can get. Um, but then I was sort of unfortunate enough to sort of have quite a few injuries within that time 
um, after that. Yeah, no, and they uh, it definitely definitely makes it definitely makes it uh, quite difficult. And then just reflecting on the camp, was there anything that you sort of you know sort of took away? Whether it was you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the field; it could be off the field because obviously you're surrounded by all these stars and, and amazing coaching staff as well. Was there you know any sort of memories from that first camp or anything you sort of uh, took away from that initial experience? Yeah, the massive one. It wasn't even on the field; it was actually off the field. So. Um, what we did, everyone sat in a big circle um, and there was a lot of old school girls that were in that team um, as well that, um, you know, had been brought up in the Jillaroo system for quite a long time before anyone even knew what it was. So these girls, some of these girls, you know, were giving up their houses, giving up their cars, um, losing their jobs just to play for um, these teams. So I think the massive thing that I took out from that camp was like the past and sort of appreciating what these girls had done for us to get us to where we sort of were. Um, so yeah, that was honestly probably the big thing that I took out of that camp, yeah. appreciating the past and, you know, creating that pathway, not just for us, but for future generations as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think the, the story of sacrificing, I think it's a, it's a common thread amongst all sports, but you know, if people really do their research on the women's game and obviously hearing your story, Jamie and, and others, and I think that's why it's so important. You get a really good picture as to, uh, you know, exactly what this game's been built on. And, yeah, that's some of the things you mentioned there, giving up jobs, houses, relocating. It's it's yeah. um, it's unbelievable. But we just love this. We just love this sport of, our, of ours, this rugby league. It's, uh, yeah, it's something a little bit different. Well, um, so I, I guess from there, to tell us uh, a little bit more about those early stages in your career, obviously getting that exposure in that camp was uh, put, you on, put you on the right path. But, um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about where it went from there. Yeah, so then after that, um, I think it was the end of that year, might have been the end of the um, Berkeley season, I ended up actually tearing um, one of my quad muscles off my hip bone. So it was like a complete snap in the gym. It wasn't wasn't even doing anything bad, just went down for a squat, come up and boom, my um, muscles snapped. So that put me out for a good oh, eight months, I think it was. Um, and then after that, then I went up and played for Country Under League um, up in Newcastle. So uh, I guess... Tell us a little bit about that first injury because, you know, it's it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, I, I guess a lot of people process injuries um, in different ways, but how did you, how did you sort of, uh, how did you sort of manage that? Because I'm sure there was periods in that early stage that, you know, that, there, there would have been a fair bit of head noise because that, that's a, that's a pretty gory injury. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't really think I, now that I look back on it, I don't really think I, um, understood how much of like an injury it sort of was um, and how long it sort of put me out for. Um, And that was sort of my first big, I guess, um, injury that had put me out of sport for quite a long time. So, um, yeah, I think that definitely was a bit of head noise. I can't really remember what sort of happened through that time, but I think I sort of just tried to maybe enjoy my time off a little bit, surrounding myself with some friends and stuff like that because, yeah, it was a bit difficult obviously having an injury when I've never really had something like that um, growing up. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, yeah, rehabbing it and getting it back to, to, to where yeah. it was before. So, um, yeah, tell us, uh, you know, where you went from there. And obviously, you know, you, you, you've shown a lot of promise, a lot of potential. I, I, I think you're, uh, you know, you, what your comment is, you said you're just catching the ball and scoring. I think you're underselling your, yeah. your, your skill there. Um, but, uh, yeah, tell us, tell us about, I, I guess, the comeback, you know, in a way. Yeah, so then um, I went and signed, went, went and played for Newcastle. 
um, CRL, I think it was called at the time. So pretty excited to sort of get back into footy, play after being out for a long time. Um, I had a pretty good season with them. Um, and then that was the first year of NRLW. Um, so back in 2018 it was. Um, so, yeah, I was working pretty hard. I was like, oh, my God, there's a girls NRLW coming this year. Like I could, you know, potentially get myself a spot in this. So um, worked my bloody butt off to get get me, you know, back on. Had a, Like I said, had a pretty good season as well. Um, and then I was lucky enough to actually get picked up for the Broncos in the first NRLW season. So it was sort of like a dream come true. Uh, sort of like actually, yeah, put myself some goals, work towards it. Um, and, yeah, got picked up for the Brisbane, Brisbane and, side. And tell us about whether it was the phone call, the conversation. Just, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about the, the moment that you sort of found out that, you know, you, you, you sort of, uh, you know, we're going to be given the opportunity there at the NRLW level. Yeah, so I was a bit like a bit nervous to begin with. I was like, oh, I haven't heard much from anyone. And heaps of girls are like starting to get offered contracts um, and stuff like that. And I think it was two days before the contracts had actually it was meant to end and I was like in a bit like you know upset and a bit nervous like oh I haven't heard anything um and then within the second last day I got a call from the Dragons and then the Broncos so I was sort of like this big relief and then I was sort of a bit overwhelmed at the same time so I was like I went from having nothing to now having to decide you know where do I go and what do I do so um obviously just spoke to both the coaches and you know seeing what option was best for me and I just thought how cool would it be to just get away and go up to Brisbane and, you know, live this dream and travel. So, um, yeah, I ended up signing with the Broncos. It was I think, unreal. I think a lot of people migrate north just for the just for the lifestyle, let alone an amazing oh. opportunity with a pretty historic club. So, yeah, tell, tell us about it because, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a big move. But, um, yeah, head it up there and, and tell us about that, that, uh, that initial experience. So this is where the big next big thing happened. So um, my coach back at the time, he was like, okay, finish your two last club games because I was playing for Newcastle at the time. Um, and that was part of the contract that you had to sort of finish off your club games before you could, you know, then join your professional team. Um, and in my last club game, played for Newcastle five minutes ago, um, made a tackle on the line and this chick come in, obviously not on purpose, but accidentally hit my knee, snapped my ACL and my MCL. In oh, one go, so yeah. That, so it was sort of like this, yeah, big heartbreak, I guess. That is, uh, I'm speechless. That that is that <laughs> that is, well, talk, talk about life throwing you some curveball. So, how did how did you deal with it? I guess, um, you know, obviously the shock of it all, and then obviously the conversations with with you know how were the Broncos and the coaching staff? Tell us about how how all those conversations went. Yeah, it's pretty difficult because when I first um, did my knee, they just said, oh, it's probably just they, – they didn't really think it was actually anything too serious. They thought it might have just been my MCL. Um, and they go, oh, because I was pretty much walking on it, not too bad. I was had a little bit of a limp. Um, but, yeah, they said, oh, maybe a grade two, like could be out for a few weeks. We'll, we'll rehab it. We'll get it sorted. Um, they sent me for scans. Uh, and I was actually in the movies at the time when it, um, and I got the phone call. So I was sitting in the movies and I was like, oh, my, my coach is calling me. Must be like my results. Um, and then, yeah, entered the phone and he just, I remember him saying to me, oh, I haven't got the best news for you. And then I was like, oh, my heart just like dropped. And he goes, yeah, you've done your ACL and MCL. Like you're going to need surgery on this knee. And if you, if you know ACLs, you know, that puts you out of the game for at least 12 months. So, yeah, that wasn't wasn't a good sign for me at all. So, so what, what were you thinking at that moment? Like, did you, 
yeah, to, to talk, talk talk us through like you know some of the things you were thinking about. Like, did you did you think that could potentially be it for you, did, or did you know? Were you confident, sort of, pretty quickly that you'd sort of get back there? I guess, yeah. Tell us about how how you would have been feeling because you know you sort of work. You know, it, it's not just you'd sort of put in a year's worth of work. You know, everything you've done all through the juniors, your multiple sports, you get close enough to touch it, and it sort of gets taken away. That's that that that's heavy. Yeah. Oh. I just remember just being in tears, like absolutely tears. And I don't really think I was thinking about the future too much. I was just so caught up in that present moment, just looking at my knees just going, oh, my God. And I don't think I really knew how serious an ACL really was at the time, as well as having an MCL. Um, so I think my focus was just like, get this knee right. And I think I always, I always had it in the back of my mind that I would get back. It was just a matter of time of when I was going to get back and how I was going to do it. So I don't think I ever doubted myself with getting back. It was more just, oh, here we sort of, here we go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, just because of how far modern medicines came, like in, in modern day sport, you know, you hear of a player who's had an ACL injury and people just... You know, it's, it's almost as if it, it's a calf strain or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, they've done their ACL, they'll be yeah. back. But, you know, they don't quite see behind the scenes. Even though it has improved a lot, the recovery, it's still a significant injury. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what that means for you as an athlete too because, you know, obviously you rely on your agility, your speed, and, um, you know, a blowout to the knee is, is particularly challenging. But I guess, Jamie, one of the things that we've sort of noticed, um, particularly in the women's sport, and it could just be bad luck, but certainly in recent periods, we've just seen a, a quite a significant increase in serious injuries. You know, reflecting on last season, it just felt like most weekends on social media, uh, one of our mm. star female players was putting up a post to say they'd come through a serious injury. So I guess there's a lot of people at home listening listening to, um, you know, listening to this episode who can relate to you, who have been through some of these injuries. But for others, yeah, talk to us a little bit about the recovery and, and what was involved, um, yeah, in terms of, I guess the start of comeback 2.0. Yeah, um, it was pretty pretty hectic because I had done my um, MCL as well as the ACL, so they wouldn't actually operate on my ACL till my MCL healed up because it would have been two weeks, uh, two week. Yeah, so eight weeks in a knee brace, had to sleep in it, absolutely everything. Could not take this thing off, um, and then. I went to the surgeon and because my knee had been in this knee brace for eight weeks, my surgeon actually said to me, there's a one in 20 chance that this ACL might actually heal up. You might not actually need surgery on it. So me, I was like, yes, like how good is this? Um, went back eight weeks later when I got the knee brace off and the surgeon was like, you know what? It's looked like it's happened. It's, you know, you've got a pretty good chance of this um, recovering by itself. You don't need to operate. Come back in. I think it was four or five weeks. We'll have another look at it and then we'll go from there. So four or five weeks went on, did my rehab, did whatever I needed to it, went back and then he goes, actually, yeah, it hasn't healed like I thought. <laughs> We're going to have to need the surgery. Um, so that had pushed me back until I think November. So I didn't get my surgery till December when I had done my um, injury end of July, June. Wow. Um, so that was like almost five months of not having surgery that I could have been almost into my rehab. So when I found out that I needed surgery, I then did the dates and looked at, okay, well, if I'm getting surgery in November now, I'm not getting back till the end of December next year, which had then ruled me out for the next NRL season too. So that was just like blown um, to me, but I think I always just tried to go, okay, well, let's get done and let's get on this rehab train. So, yeah, it was pretty a pretty hectic 12 months um, or almost 18 months by the time I got back. 
That, that that's uh yeah that that's incredible. Obviously to miss um to miss two seasons of football that's uh you know that's a lot. And and I think it, it's a lot for people. Uh, you know, it's a lot for people. Even if there wasn't any injury, you know, to step away from a sport for such a significant period of time. You know, when even even though you were young, you you were competing at such an elite level. Um, you know, scoring tries for fun. So. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about, you know, when, when you obviously, you eventually uh, worked your way through. So, so you had the surgery. How did you find the recovery? Did the knee sort of respond pretty well? Did you sort of get through your rehab uh, pretty well? Yeah, um, the knee did respond pretty well. Um, obviously, you've been with for quite a few days at the start, but I just tried to, you know, follow the um, advice of my physio. Um, I just did pretty much everything I could. It did take me a while to get my knee straight, and I think um, that's a bit of a challenge for anyone that knows ACLs, trying to get that straightness back. Um, but I think it's just the key is just sticking to your rehab and doing, you know, doing the little things. Like you wouldn't have thought that just flexing your quad is part of your rehab. You know, you went from running, doing all these things to go, I'm really bending my knee. Um, so, yeah, it is a bit, I guess, yeah, you've got a bit of head noise going on with that because you're, like, doing these basics. You've got to learn how to walk again. You've got to learn how to run again. Um yeah, it was pretty, yeah, pretty hectic. And then, and then talk to us about that first game back because that's the one, isn't it? You know, you go through all of this rehab, especially in your situation where it did take a fair bit of time. But, yeah, talk to us about that first game back playing football. You know, uh, how, how did that feel and, and how did you go? Yeah, um, so I was lucky enough um, that I got signed again for the night, um, for the Broncos in the NRL night. So it was coach. Um, so it wasn't the coach for the previous two years. It was a brand new coach, um, and he had heard good to go that I was able to play. Um, so I just remember getting this phone call because I had got a I had got a phone call um, off Kylie Hilda who was actually doing the Roosters. So at the time, take you know I'm going to take this contract and this offer because I didn't want to miss the opportunity you know to not come back. Um, I think Broncos then got a wind of it that I was good to go. Um, and I got this phone call off the coach and I just remember him saying, you know, like um, I've heard a little bit about you. He goes, I've never seen you play, but I've heard enough about you to sort of know um, you're a good player. And he goes, I want to give you the opportunity to still sort of put on that Broncos jersey that you didn't get to the last two years. And he goes, I think nines will be a good chance to showcase that. And I just went, yeah, I'm going to take this. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to then play um, in the Perth nines um that year so yeah I was absolutely stoked to you know finally put on that jersey that you know I had been working so hard towards for the last 18 months yeah absolutely and, and, and as much as it's a it's a difficult decision it's also quite easy isn't it because a lot of unfinished business there and for the club to you know the fact that you hadn't played any football and, and then they're still you know they're, they're still you know wanting to wanting you to join and uh and and how did that how did that tournament go how did you play Oh, I played, I played all right. I was obviously quite nervous. I hadn't actually played any footy before then. So to not play any footy and then come back to the top level, obviously I was quite nervous. I was quite anxious and, you know, that stuff sort of affects your performance somehow. But, um, yeah, I was just keen to get out there and just run. So I enjoyed the nines because it was sort of similar back to my sevens where I got to sort of run and have a bit of space and I got to play with some of the best players as well. So, yeah, that was, that was sick. <laughs> No, that's uh, no, that's a great story of you know obviously where you came from and uh, yeah, you know, forcing your way back there. And then Jamie, you know, a, a little, you know, you may have heard of it, but but a, a little thing sort of came into play. You know, maybe this this global pandemic we call COVID, which kind of throws a bit of a a bit of a spanner in the works as well. But 
yeah, after that uh, after that nines um, tournament, talk talk us through I, I guess your, your your next journey and I, again it, it's sort of been a challenging couple of years, but but again um, yeah, to talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, after the nines, um, the coach sort of had a, had a chat to me um, after the tournament, but I the award, I think it was a coach's award or something at the end of that tournament. Um, and the coach and the manager were just so impressed that I had not played a game of footy in that many that long that that was my first game of footy. I don't think he actually knew that. I thought he maybe thought that I had played a game or two before that. Um, so, yeah, he was stoked and then pretty much said to me at that ninth tournament that he's happy to take me on board for the NRLW season as long as I, you know, stuck to what I needed to throughout the year. So um, I knew that if I set myself, um, you know, set myself up and played good footy and stayed on track that I had myself an NRLW contract with the Broncos for the following season. Yeah, which was at the end of that year. Yeah, unreal. And and then did you did you sort of um, did you play other football in and around that as well? Like you you um, you played a little bit of football for for the Central Coast Roosters. Yeah, so um, that year was the first year we had the Central Coast Roosters Club established on the coast, um, and that was pretty that was pretty cool feeling as well because we'd never had that before. It was sort of like I finally got to represent the Central Coast in the sport that I was loving so much. So. Um, yeah, I had an unreal season with Central Coast Roosters at the time as well. Um, and that was sort of a year of development as well, sort of getting back into it, playing the sport, um, learning those key things that I hadn't got to do for so long. So, yeah, I had an unreal season with Central Coast Roosters. And then we um, actually got into the grand final, but that was the week that I had to go in quarantine to go up to um, Brisbane. So I was unfortunate enough not to play the grand final and got to watch it in the hotel room. Um, but obviously had bigger and better goals, you know, ahead as well that I had to sort of put my mind to, but yeah, absolutely love the Central Coast Brewster season with yeah. them. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it's, it, it, there's something different about playing, you know, in, in your local area and representing where you're from. And, um, you know, this, this is what's great around, you know, a lot of these clubs in these state competitions is, you know, giving local people the opportunity to, um, yeah, represent their hometown. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, and, and look, the Central Coast Roosters, they, they have um, quickly created or well, established themselves uh, as a powerhouse at that level and um, just, just an unbelievable nursery of talent. Yeah, to tell us a little bit about some of the teammates that you played with there because, uh, yeah, again, a lot of talent in that football team. Oh, yeah, I don't even know where to start with the talent that we have in that team. Um, so obviously played with Isabel Kelly. We got Hannah Southwell. We got Caitlin Johnson. Um, yeah, we got quite a few big names, but I don't necessarily think it was – the big names we had, I think it was um, come down a lot to our coach that we had as well, John Strange, um, and how we just played as a team um, as well. So it was sort of like, even though we did have a lot of, you know, experienced girls and big names in our team, um, at training you wouldn't think twice of it. So everyone was equal, everyone's on the same level. People didn't walk around thinking they were bigger or better than anyone. So I think that's really where we created that team culture, that everyone sort of felt safe on that level. And, yeah, we had a, a few girls that – um obviously weren't as experienced, but they, they just love to be there and love to learn and love to train as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jamie. Well, unfortunately, well, fortunately we, uh, we have to leave it there where we're out of time, but again, to our listeners, this is only part one of, of Jamie's story. We'll definitely be back for part two because yeah, we obviously have uh, well, we have quite a, quite a lot to cover as we, uh, as we finally get the opportunity to play a little bit more football in that NRLW space. So uh, for our listeners, please come back and join us. Jamie, thank you so much for, for, for jumping on the show. Uh, and, and to our listeners, uh, be sure to keep an eye out for part two 
And if you did enjoy today's episode, uh, please download download the podcast. You can also find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. Until next week, we'll see you then. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.